Introducing the D'Addario Autolock, made with locking strap ends for an easy-to-use, clip-on system. When you're done, just pull the latch and slide it off. Keep your guitar on lock with the D'Addario Autolock. Keys for Premier Guitar. We're hanging out at the Ryman Auditorium where it's going to get loud and rocking tonight, thankfully, because of Opeth and later on Graveyard. Right now, I'm with Frederick of Opeth. Frederick, how are you doing? Very good. Happy to be here. Yeah. We've never played here before. It's yeah. a classic venue, of course. Now. Yeah, Mother Church is going to, going to get loud and mean tonight. I don't know if any metal bands played here before, so it's. The only one I think we saw was me and Perry came here and saw Russian Circles and Mastodon a couple years oh, ago. Right on. Okay. That'd be the only one I think that we could say cool. that was metal. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, CC Top played there, awesome. Yeah. And the list goes on, Johnny Cash. Yeah, Yeah, you know. the greatest. Yeah. Well, we're glad to welcome you to uh, Music City, and let's just start talking guitars, man. Looks like you've got maybe one of your favorites in your hands. Yeah, this is the one uh, of the two I play most in the set. It's the PRS 245, P245, which is because we use the piezo systems in most of our guitars. Yeah. That's why we have two outlets there. So I usually use the piezo either on its own or combined with a clean electric tone or even with distorted tones. Yeah, that's a big part of your guys' sound, whether it's, you know... Yeah, I mean, since the first album, there's a lot of heavy rhythm parts yeah. going into suddenly acoustic finger-picking yeah. part. <laughs> and that's so, kind of the best I mean, to have real acoustic guitars on different stands would be... Yeah. You need to be like Ingve with the stand and just ready to get on top of the acoustic and then have it to shred. It won't be time enough because it's, it's <laughs> right on the minute sometimes, yeah. you know. So yeah, that's why. And um, I mean, these are great. I love this guitar. Um, How long have you had this particular guitar? For maybe three years. Okay. I, I started using on this tour. I, I was a Les Paul guy before. Yeah. So these single cuts. But I do have. Um, well, I know you've talked to us before in the magazine about recording, and one of your favorite guitars, shaped like that, obviously, is a '55 Junior. Now you yeah. don't obviously tour with that, but what what do you like about a Junior when it comes to recording? I like to mix the P90 pickup okay. with the with the humbucker. So if I do two two takes on my left side of the rhythm guitars, mm -hmm. I like the combination of humbucker and a P90. Okay. Because you get some grittiness from the P90. Yeah. And uh, somehow it um, it has some kind of symbiosis. I, I yeah I, I appreciate. And this is the other single cut model, also P245 that I use a lot in the set. Is there anything that between those two, Frederick, that you've done to them since you know uh, Paul and the guys that over in Maryland have given to you? Have you um, updated the pickups or wiring? The pickup or I used the metal, the M pickup, PRS okay. pickup, which is slightly more aggressive, but it's not like a Invader or anything like yeah. that. Super high high put, okay. high output. I don't like super high output pickups. I like to put on more gain on the amp instead mm -hmm. because I think it becomes more dynamic if it's not too high output. Yeah, it gives you a lot more to work with. Yeah, in a way, and then. For some drop, to, we have a few different tunings. We had the Dad Fay open tuning. Is that what, uh, what like album or songs that you use for that? That's uh, from an album called Ghost Reveries. So we should play one track from that one. And uh, this is the guitar I only use for that track, which is the P22. And this is uh, the longer scale, the 250 scale. Yeah. So you have to jump between scale lengths sometimes, could be you have to recalibrate your fingers a yeah. bit when you bend and stuff, but somehow it seems to work. Fingers how crossed. That, <laughs> how does that work with like uh, material like from Sorceress? 
Because that has a, a, a unique tuning as well. Yeah, that one has um, that one has one thing with the track sorceress. We drop the low string to an A, okay, which is a lot. So we basically have a double A, which is kind of weird, but it worked for that song. Yeah. So I guess you can do that with any guitar, really. Yeah. We don't go for necessarily go for heavier gauges just because of that track. You just have to be a bit more gentle when you chug it. Mm -hmm. Somehow. I mean, it was kind of interesting. I saw this thing with Rick Beato. They compared strings. Yeah. The gauges of strings. And yeah. The lower gauge one sounded better. Is that what So sometimes it's a bit of a macho myth, maybe, using yeah. heavier strings. I'm using quite heavy. I'm using DR strings, Veritas, 10 to 52. Okay, so you kind of like Standard the tuning, which is, it's a bit heavy. Yeah, but the 52s are heavy. But after a couple of weeks on tour, your, your fingers get stronger. Warmed up. So, and you hit the guitar harder, I think. Yeah. So then it works. But this one is a Tremonti PRS that I use for one track, which is a bit more jazzy fusion-ishy somehow. Is it off the new album? No, it's from an album called Heritage. It's called okay. Nepenthe. Oh, okay. I do this kind of little bit of Alan Hubbardsworth inspired. I'm trying to play like him, but I don't, I can't really. I don't think anyone can. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it has a recessed uh, whammy there, so you can go a bit more crazy with that okay it's a cool one I like that this one has a Duncan JB why did you swap out that what, what do you I like did about in the beginning JB? because I always used the JB in the 59 classic setup okay so in the beginning I swap them out but now I tend to use the PRS pickups more they have this one called 15 well I can't remember hmm. might be on this one I was going to ask because I've, I've known you with Arch Enemy. 5815. Oh, okay. I love that. It's a PAF, very warm sounding. Which, you, like you said, it's kind of lower output than a, a more hot humbucker. Yeah, but it still has enough chugginess, you know, to get to heavy. for the heavy stuff, yeah. definitely. Well, I mean, Frederick, as I was saying there, you've, you've played with obviously Arch Enemy and a bunch of other bands before landing at Opeth. And I remember you playing ESP and Gibson Les Pauls, not the 50. Uh, 50s junior but what got you to the PRS family because I know Mike and you both have signature models the SE models so how did that relationship P with PRS start and how did you kind of make that change from ESP and Gibson well it happened when I joined Opeth Michael asked me would you like to try out PRS guitar I can mm -hmm. I can talk to them and yeah yeah and then we went to, for an American tour and I met Beverly so artist relations and uh, Wynn and uh yeah, they were very supportive, and I think they they make fantastic guitars. Yeah. Simple as that, you know. Yeah. I do enjoy these pieces as well. They work great for Arch Enemy at that time, but it was a different approach. I used EMGs back then, and what's nice with those, they're easy on your back. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Clips. But, uh, you know, PRS, they make high-quality instruments, and they're really cool people, so it's been a blessing, you know, to be able to work with them now for 13 years it is now. Yeah. So. So it was just a, a bit of a coincidence and the fact that the quality was outstanding. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be kind of cool to, to be a guitar nerd growing up as a kid and then eventually playing all these bands to have a company approach you, not only to probably give you guitars or ask you how to have input on a, a certain instruments, but then you eventually got your own signature model that you had. Yeah. I mean, they're not uh, available now at your secondhand market, but yeah. uh, that was awesome, you know. So hopefully we can do something like that again in the yeah. future. Yeah, you I'll, never know. I'll try to compile a mail one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, also this is another guitar, the P24. Oh, all right. 
uh, also the piezo system. And this one used to be my main, but for this tour, I didn't need the whammy so much for these solos. So I figured mm -hmm. I go with this stop tail bridge. Yeah. But um, this is actually my backup and warm up guitar on this tour. Gotcha. But I love it. It's great. It's it's been it's yeah, been used a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Um, I use this a lot on the albums as well for for leads. Okay. That's the one I use the most. And is there any reason why you don't have any PRS guitars or any of the touring guitars that have P90s because you do enjoy recording with that sound? Well, live it's they're a bit noisy, you yeah. know. So it's it's a bit too much hassle. Yeah. I did have an idea to have a P90 in the neck position though. Cuz we have a lot of riffs, the more proggy stuff we play yeah. on the on the neck pickup. Get, uh, get a bit more muddy sound. That would have worked with the P90, so maybe I'll think about that in the future. It's a cool combination. Yeah, another reason to get a new guitar. I don't know if Tom Schulz had that combination, perhaps. I'm not familiar, Neither. but Boston does rock. They do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I gotta that, that's ask- That's all my guitars. But for one of my favorite souls on the new record, uh, Love, Lorne, Crime, is any of those get recorded with that, or is that stuff you probably had at the studio back in Sweden? Well, that particular solo is a Strat. Oh, really? Strat from 58. Dang. That the studio owned. So when it comes to recording in the studio, I think anything that works best for the song is, yeah. you know, I don't think PRS will be mad at us or anything. Yeah, if we no. Just, you know, but live, they're so trustworthy. And yeah. I mean, we do use them on the recordings, but for the new album, we use different guitars for each song. So we really spend a lot of time comparing, depending on what's going to fit in that type of sound frame yeah. for each particular song. Do you, do you enjoy doing that? Because before we started rolling, you, you, were, you were telling us that you're such a guitar, uh, guitar dork. So is that fun for you in the studio, getting to try all sorts of different guitars and whether yeah, it's, it's amps, guitars, anything? to? It's, all, it's both fun and a bit frustrating because when I'm in the studio, I want to get results quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, we you know the songs before, but what's most time-consuming is that Find comparing guitars yeah. and amps and stuff. But usually we we settle for an amp, and then it's all about which guitars we're gonna use. Yeah, we don't use much pedals in front of the amp unless it's some kind of effect or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's mostly straight in. Okay. To get, to, I think you get a better core. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. And like, then you can build from that. Yeah. Well, uh, we went through your guitars, and uh, unfortunately, Michael is dealing with some laryngitis, so he's un, you know, unavailable to talk, but you, as the self-proclaimed uh, guitar dork, is going <laughs> to finish the tour, so talk us through uh, Michael's stuff. Yeah, I mean, Michael is mainly using these P24s, so he's going for the white look. Yeah. So he has a couple of these white ones, and he has the fat, more fatter neck. Classic. Vintage pattern neck, I believe it is. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's his kind of setup. It's pretty basic. Yeah. And um, so he basically used. That's. I'm going to get yelled at by the guitar tech now. <laughs> Make <laughs> I think a mess you'll here. be okay. As long as you're touching them and I'm not, I think you'll be uh, all right. Yeah, so he has a lot of those customs P24s, three of those. Okay. Here's his recent one he got. A green oh, wow. one, the leprechaun. Is that what you guys are calling it, the leprechaun? That's, I, I call it. I don't know what he called. <laughs> That's the first I like thing that. I thought about. It's the yeah. leprechaun guitar. I like it. It's nice. And then he has a McCarthy as well that he used for that 
track you mentioned, Sorceress, where we have the... Okay, the double A. The double A drop. So that one has a fixed bridge, which is makes sense for that song. Yeah. So you don't get this, you know, some kind of um, intonation problems for muting your palm there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else does he have? What's the last one on the stand? I assume maybe that's his, the first one he gets each night. Yeah. Like the first track in the set, we tune that a half step down. Okay. Which is the first track of the new album, mainly because uh, we don't want to go too high on the vocals. Yeah. We're doing a lot of shows in a row. So that's his second whitey, which is also cool. It's pretty. It's been worn a bit. And uh, I know we talked about strings already, Frederick, but can you, so you playing standard, you have the double A tuning. Are there any other tunings you guys use throughout the night? Yeah, it's mainly standard tuning, okay. apart from the first track, which is a half step down. And okay. then we have the dad fi dad fi <laughs> tuning, which is an open <laughs> D tuning, but the top E is not a D, but an E. Okay. Uh, what song is that for? A song called uh, Harlequin Forest from okay. the Ghost Reveries album. Yeah. It's a pretty cool track. And yeah, that's basically it. And uh, the last thing I got to ask is for the song Deliverance, which is, you know, if anyone is an Opeth fan, that's that's kind of... The bread and butter for the heavy, uh, especially going back in the, the catalog, is is there a specific guitar that you use for deliverance? Yeah, I use this, this one. one. I mean, it's uh, ebony fretboard, mahogany body. It uh, gives me the punch I need for yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right, Downstroke, heavy palm muting, etc., etc. <laughs> Frederick, we've talked several times before uh, meeting here in person in the Ryman, and you've used Blackstar Series 1s, the JVMs, which I know you use at home in the studio. But uh, uh, as you'll show in the camera here, we have an updated amp lookout for you guys. Yeah, we do. So talk to me about what you're using and eventually what Mike's going on. Well, we started using, we were doing some flying gigs, and Stefan from Boutique Amps in Germany, he's working with Friedman and Synergy Amps. Mm-hmm. And he approached us to try out the Synergy stuff. And uh, I've never been a real fan of, of the digital solutions that many people use. Mm-hmm. I mean, they work, but somehow I missed some. I missed the core. And um, with this stuff, it's so cool because you have modules, so you can design your own type of amp setup. So in this Sintu mothership or whatever you want to call it, I've, I can fit in two preamps, which will have two channels each. Okay. And it's also media controlled. And there's a power amp with 100 watts with uh, four 606 tubes in it. So it's a so stereo it's real one. tube. It's real tube okay. all the way. So it's the same as a tube amp, but you can, I mean, you can switch these modules while, while everything is up and running. Dang. Just like a cassette, you know. Yeah. Uh, so which ones are you running specifically in the Synergy? I've been using the Friedman Dirty Shirley for clean and crunch tones and Soldano SLO 100 okay. for heavy rhythm and leads. And, uh, but now I'm experimenting with the Steve Vai one for clean and crunch. And I also have the Bogner Ibrischaller. So I'm kind of experimenting when time allows and sound checks too. Yeah. You know, because it's so cool. You can just try different stuff all the time. And if, real quick. If you need a Plexi or something similar to that, that's also available. Cool. So I think it's a real cool concept, you know. So. How long have you been using them? Has it just been on these US on this US uh, run? For this new album, Inkauda Venetum, okay. for this tour. 
and uh, fingers crossed I've been working like a clock so awesome me and Michael have a similar setup he's still using the dirty Shirley Friedman but he also uses the Soldano SL100 uh, preamp for uh, for his heavy stuff now are you well, you can show us in the flash here in a second but when you're switching between those between like the Soldano and the Friedman is that foot controlled or how is that handled it's meaty Oh, okay. So I have a MIDI program, MIDI board there. And MIDI you're able to switch between it. Which is, I have a music on loop switching system, so I can switch between analog pedals and that stuff on the go. And also, it needs to be incorporated with the piezo stuff. Okay. So I want to be able to control that silent or on uh -huh. and stuff like that. So that's kind of, this is a guy from Sweden called, from a company called Sound of Silence who built the pedal board. So you have to build in some kind of relay switching thing for the piezo to work, but it's it's working, so it's pretty cool. And one last question before we go over and talk to pedals. I know the pedal geeks are getting mad at me. Is I've remember seeing in other videos and other interviews you've done is that you were really conscious of the shortest signal path, not so much in terms of like having few pedals, but you always wanted to keep your pedals in a rack yeah. so they're closer to the amp, so you had less cable running through that. Now you have a standard pedal board without the stuff in yeah. the rack. Why has that changed? Because sometimes I had to, we had some problems with different guitar techs, mm -hmm. and I, I had to run out right before the gigs, and it's a lot of stress, you know, with a hoodie and trying to work stuff yeah. out. And um, somehow the build the Jaren who built my pedal board were like, I think I want to have everything up front because now I, I know it's there, you know. And this only, you only need one buffer. And the signal path is it sounds good you know? yeah so the setup i had before only time the actual audio cable came up to the pedal board was when i activated the volume pedal mm -hmm. but now it's all there but it's i don't feel the difference you no know? yeah so i kind of stepped away from that it's cool to have everything there because you also have the ability to turn off something on the fly yeah and some of the pedals i use like there's a tc there it has an oscillation effect. I could press it and hold it, and I do some stuff with the echoes on the fly, which would have been more tricky. Yeah, you know, being able to interact with the stuff on the stage. I also tweak some knobs here and there, depending on which songs we're playing and stuff like that. So, I okay. One last thing. It was about. It makes me wonder because of the live at uh, Royal Albert Hall DVD you guys put out. Was I don't want you to say the guitar tech's name, but did something happen because through one of the songs there, there's a. Uh, chaos we'll say among you and, yeah. and where your signal drops out it was is that something to do with your pedal board or is that something completely different exactly exactly what that was was oh, the really the camera guy because we we're recording live dvd yeah yeah he stepped the power oh, the cable the cable to the power amp to the actual amp and we Dang. didn't know it was Miller standing here he was with us <laughs> yeah and we didn't know because all the pedals were fired up. Because you, yeah, you, so, they, you, they left it in. Because yeah, I saw yeah. you, I watched them, you look frantic. So it took us a while to realize what it was. But yeah. it was the camera guy. <laughs> I didn't see him after the show. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Hopefully he didn't get any credit in the DVD. But we were kind of lucky, you know, because it happened in a spot in the song. So we, weren't have, we didn't have to start up the song from the beginning. Yeah. It was a very, just a very long break. But luckily, Axe, our drummer, kept the hi-hat going. So <laughs> it was weird, but... At least it proves we're a real live band, right? Yeah, no, I love that. Well, enough of my yakking and questions. Let's let's go talk about your pedal board, man. Yeah. All right, Fred. Cool, we're we're getting cramped on time, but we want to make sure we include Michael's stuff. Yeah, real yeah quick. sure. He's got the AX8 for all of his effects, and I saw that he has a 
small stone phaser. Other than that, that's kind of his setup. He's got the Synergy stuff, the AX8 for effects, and a phaser. Exactly. He uses the delays and reverb from the AX8 and the small stone in front, and he also has the Dunlop uh, Q95 wall. Gotcha. Uh, so that's basically his setup. And let's talk about your, your station here. So, my station basically is with this Musicon switching system, where I have uh, seven loops, I believe, or something like that. So I have uh, the Univibe, the Octaver, the MX, MXR Phase 95, and I have a one control tremolo, and I use the wah pedal and the fuzz pedal I have, which is a fastener by Olsen Amps, and the Strymon, and this TC uh, delay pedal. The, 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 those two goes in the loop direct, so they're not in, involved in the switching system. Okay. But this one will switch between the Synergy Amps and whatever kind of stomp I want on. Can we hear the two different, like uh, the, the clean amp and then the, the dirty amp? So, so this is my like dirty rhythm sound. And usually I have a patch with a bit of echo. And that's the Strymon. Because we have a lot of echo. And then for my like old man's rock tone, this is like. You can also kick in the Fussner. more brutal sound and that one will be my piezo sound um, dropped my pick here <laughs> it's a live show <laughs> and uh, this is my lead tone so if I go from the rhythm etc etc and um, is that like where the EP booster comes in, is on the solos? I, I don't actually have it on many because I don't need it. Okay. So that one is still there, but it's, I don't really use it much, actually. Okay. Don't need it yet. Um, and also I used some like more psychedelic effects with the echo, like... Or in some songs I like to use this one which has this swell kind of function. So like you couldn't do that if it was in the rack. No, exactly. Yeah. So that's why I kind of prefer this setup. If I used to face 90, that's why I like to have the pedals board up here. So if I'm going from this solo, for instance, like I could be able to kick it in like that, like yeah. a regular stomp thing, which is cool. What do you use the Octa for? I know that I, I know that because your new album is both in English and Swedish. Uh, I'm not real familiar with the titles, but there's one song where you and Mike are playing something either really heavy, whether it's a baritone. Oh, that is actually bass guitars. Oh, so it's you guys aren't so, even playing guitar? No, it's just heavily distorted bass guitars. Oh, we're shit. not playing the live, but the Octaver is mainly okay, for. I didn't know if that was used for that. Okay, for the more, which is the lead. That type of thing. 
So it's there, but it's always fun, you know, to be... Play Richard Lackmore or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so then again, for some tracks I use the piezo and the electric guitar like that. So for in the deliverance at the end, for yeah. instance, I kick it in. Some people in the crowd are like, well, where's that acoustic player? But it's almost like that, which is pretty cool. And also, I like the combination of the piezo and electric for some parts. Like. But then I have to kick off the noise gate because otherwise it's... It kind of really crushes, crushes it. it. So you see it like that. For instance. And then I have the volume pedal that I use. So I could have... And it's set up like... Uh, Hold on. So, if I go in from one, it's in the input, so it gets more. Cl it cleans up, which I use in some tracks, uh, which is quite convenient. If I want to go to more crunch tone, I just take the volume down. Mm -hmm. Then I can just kick it back. Keep dropping my picks all the time. What's <laughs> the <Doesn't> matter? <laughs> and you get some tape. Yeah. So this fastener pedal is pretty cool also. It has like an octave up if you want to do the Jimi Hendrix kind of thing. Some evil banded gypsy stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> I like those when you use a fuzz pedal on high gain tones. Yeah. Some purists they're like, you can't do that. I don't care. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all mad. It's all about having fun, Fred. So that's basically it for tuner. We use the polytune. It's all powered up by clots cables. Yep, and then you got the decibel 11 power supply. Yeah. And that's a connection box that Sound Asylum built for this pedal board. Cool. And this is an expression pedal, but I don't have it connected yet. Maybe but it someday. could be used with our guy or... Oh, yeah. Also, the sign of the pedal board is like this space, it could vary to swap things out, which is fun with pedal Someday. Boards. Someday you know, you'll put something in there. If you find something fun, you can just put it in there, you know. Yeah. Well, That's Fred, like the basic setup, I would say. I love it. It's got a little bit of everything, but it's, it's able to uh, be travel-friendly. Travel I mean, I also like the Q95 wall. That you can use. Just that it's auto war. For me, it's convenient because sometimes I just use it for a little screaming yeah. within the rhythm or something like that. Well, cool, Frederick. Thank you so much for talking through us. Not only your gear, but Michael's gear. My pleasure. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making the trips from Sweden to rock our faces off in Nashville. <laughs> this is another rig rundown for Premier Guitar.